If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is VEASAN's Bet Center on a Saturday night in Las Vegas. It's still Saturday in the East Coast. It'll be Sunday in your NFL Sunday soon enough. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you here from our Circa Sportsbook studio here on VEASAN. One quick baseball note before we get to Week 7 in the NFL. Man, what a job by, by Matzik. What an amazing job by Tyler Matzik. Comes in second and third, nobody out. Dodgers have the tying run at second after a double by A.J. Pollock. Doesn't matter. Matzik strikes out Albert Pujols. Strikes out Steven Sousa. Strikes out Mookie Betts. In succession. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. And the Braves are now six outs away from their first World Series appearance since 1999. 4-2, you still your score. Uh, the Dodgers, I wonder, we'll get the updated number for you in a second on L.A. Uh, live. Uh, they were plus 120 when, <laughs> when the whole, uh, that whole mess started. They're now back to plus 500. Hmm. Kind of surprised they're actually not longer than that at this point. I would have guessed plus 750. Oh, well. I will, regardless, uh, look, if you, if you bet the Dodgers plus 500, it's not a, it's not a bad... Uh, it's not a bad shot in the dark here to take them. They'll have the top of the order coming up, 2-3-4 coming up in the top of the eighth inning. Uh, I guess you let Matzik keep, keep going. I guess you I, I would. Why not? You Just get, a, get him to the end at this point. Get him through the eighth and uh, go from there into the ninth inning uh, for Atlanta. 
Again, the Braves are looking to match up with the Astros, who won the American League pennant last night at home, 5-0, beating the Red Sox in six games. All right, let's dive right in to this National Football League slate. This is a weird one this week. It is six games in the 1 o'clock Eastern slate. It is four games in the late slate, the 4 o'clock Eastern slate, 8 o'clock, the 8.20 primetime game, which, by the way, when we get to fade or follow later in the hour, the Sunday night game has the number one consensus, and I was a little bit floored by the fact that the team that is the number one consensus was actually the number one consensus. A little bit shocking there for me. But let's uh, let's dive in. We're going to start uh, with, with games that were not in the consensus here. So a little bit of slim pickings here in this 1 o'clock slate because three of the games were, were in the consensus behind us in the Circa Million contest. So we're going to start in the Meadowlands, and Sam Darnold makes his triumphant return to MetLife Stadium. The New York Football Giants, the Carolina Panthers, your matchup for this one, the New York Giants getting three at home. See the juice right now on the Giants. Total 42.5. You want the Giants on the money line, plus 135. And uh, let's, <laughs> let's get a, a giant injury report here. I'll get the scroll out. It's, uh, it's a long one here, folks. Saquon Barkley, out. Kenny Galladay, out. Kadarius Toney, out. Questionable tomorrow. Darius Slayton, looks like he's going to go. Sterling Shepard, questionable. Evan Ingram, questionable. Danny Shelton is doubtful, unlikely to play. Uh, and uh, John Ross, questionable, likely to play. Carolina injury side, uh, of course, Christian McCaffrey is out. Shaq Thompson is out. Terrence Marshall is out. It looks like Cam Irving is going to go. They see, see, uh, the, the, our, our crew here uh, at Vison actually uh, did the whole scroll on the New York Football Giants. Oh, we'll get to a few more a little bit later, uh, including again a Detroit uh, injury report that looked pretty ugly early on. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, but look, uh, the, Carolina in the circa million consensus was picked by 1,077 entries. Of course, a little bit over 4,000 entries in this contest. That was good for sixth, which was the number one outside of the consensus. See, you see your, the ones that are bracketed on your screen right now, that's the consensus. So Indianapolis working from back to front, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, New England, Tennessee, Cincinnati, where your consensus will get to all those games in the consensus later. But Carolina just missing the consensus. Now, this game, to me, when I was going through the card this week, there were two games I crossed out. One of them is another one that we're going to get to in a second, and it was this one. Because Sam Darnold has turned back in to New not quite New York Jet, Sam Darnold, not quite. But ever since that first three games start, where he looked really good, the first three games led the league in rushing touchdowns through the first four weeks of the season. Threw for 300 yards in three straight games. Went for 279 against the Jets and didn't turn it over. Darnold played really well for three weeks, but the light bulb switched in the wrong direction against Dallas. 
in the second half, the two interceptions to Diggs. And since then, it's been really messy for Darnold. He, look, they should not have lost to Philadelphia. The fact they lost that game was a horrible loss. Three interceptions in that game. He completed 41% of his passes against a mediocre Minnesota defense last week. He had a touchdown drive at the end was nice, but even if he played a little bit better throughout the game, Carolina might have won that game in regulation. Touchdown and an interception for Darnold. Uh, On your screen that you just saw, you're not going to see a game with lower passing yardage totals this often for your props. Darnold, the higher of the two at 235.5. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones at 229.5. I'm going to tell you right now, those interception props should be bet. Both guys should be bet over a half. Jones at minus 139 at DraftKings. Darnold at minus 115, over a half. I like both of those over a half. This is going to be a slop fest in the Meadowlands. This is going to be an ugly game. The only reason I don't like the under here, because it's been bet down from 45 to 42 and a half, is because I am concerned that there'll be multiple defensive touchdowns. And even last week, that game went over the total in Carolina, Minnesota, when Darnold couldn't do anything passing the ball. So I, I no play for me here in a traditional sense, but if you're going to look to the props, I would consider betting both of those quarterbacks over a half of an interception. And I know Daniel Jones up until last week had been much better protecting the football, but we finally got the Daniel Jones blow-up that we expected last week against the Rams, throwing three interceptions for the New York football Giants and what was just a, really just a, 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 a disgusting performance from the New York Giants last week against the L.A. Rams. Let's move on. Let's go to Miami next. Uh, another game uh, that uh, it's, it's tough to handicap from a traditional sense. Miami, the Dolphins, hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons off a bye. Miami lost in London. They are the first NFL team ever to play the following week after the London game. So this is a new one. We don't have any trends here. Miami on the look ahead 13 days ago was a three-point favorite. They're now a two-point underdog, a five-point swing. Total 48. Miami's defense last year was smoking mirrors. A lot of turnovers. A lot of points off turnovers. A lot of scoring themselves for the Miami defense. Not sustainable, guys. You can't sustain that year to year. And it shows in the numbers. Look at at the point differential for Miami. Miami has been soundly defeated so far this year. Soundly. Getting outscored by 13 a game so far. The worst point differential in the AFC East. The second worst in the AFC, the Houston Texans, who we know are terrible and were defeated 40 to nothing and 31-3 in a game, are only two points worse than Miami in point differential and minus 80. Miami's minus 78. Tua looked fine last week. He did throw a horrible interception, but other than that, I thought Tua looked totally fine. They're getting healthier at wide receiver. For Atlanta, looking at these passing props, I'm probably not going to bet anything here. Matt Ryan, I'm a little bit interested in, maybe on yardage. 280s, uh, Ryan threw for over 300 against the Jets in uh, London uh, two weeks ago. 
But the one I'm looking at this week, I'm looking at Kyle Pitts. I'm looking at Kyle Pitts receiving yards. 47 and a half, which is actually down from what we have in our computer. So look at that. I actually got bet down. You're getting a better number right now. Right now, I'm on my DraftKings screen. It is juiced. It is minus 120, but you can get a 47 and a half right now. So that's better than a 48 and a half that was there most of the week. But Kyle Pitts was unlocked against the Jets. And look, Calvin Ridley seems to be ready to go. But I would look to, to betting Kyle Pitts over 47 and a half. I like 48 and a half as well if, that, if it pivots back to that tomorrow. The Atlanta Falcons have a unicorn with Pitts. And if they utilize him to the way that they should and they're supposed to, you're going to look at another big day for Kyle Pitts. And now, look, I know they barely utilized him early in the year, but that Jet game to me, that was damning to the point of, all right, Arthur Smith, get your horse the ball. And by the way, Kyle Pitts has gone over that total in three to five games. 73 against Tampa, 50 against Washington, of course, 119 in a score against the Jets. Over 47 and a half seems real good on Kyle Pitts receiving. That's my favorite bet from that game. That would be one I lean in. Look, two games with props. Not really any interesting on the side so far. But when we get back, we're going to start fading to follow because the guy we have next, John Jansen of Fox Sports, the gambler in Philadelphia, of course, covers the Eagles. The Eagles are in the consensus. We're going to get John Jansen's thoughts on that when we return next on VSIN's Bet Center. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Indeed helps find great hires fast. Indeed is your all in one platform for interviewing, screening, and hiring high quality people. Visit indeed.com slash credit for more. It is VSIN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you and our next guest. You can hear Monday through Friday on. Fox Sports, the gambler in Philadelphia. He hosts the line change. He's coming off uh, coming off a big night for him, actually, uh, uh, on the Philadelphia Union uh, postgame show as well. A man of many talents, John Jansen. Get him on the tweets at jjansen34 with us right now. John, uh, how you doing tonight, buddy? Doing good. Union coming off the biggest win of the season there, Jeff Parle. So I'm feeling good. I'm jazzed up. Now, now I need to win some NFL bets. Cash, ca- cash, uh, cash and MLS mention over a half uh, plus 500 tonight here <laughs> on the program uh, because of that. John, let's uh, John, let's dive right in here. And uh, we're going to usually Ben Wilson and myself do this segment together in this hour. Fade or follow the Circa Millions consensus. And because the Philadelphia Eagles are one of the consensus, we're going to play this game with you over the next two segments. So we're going to see if John Jansen and myself are fading or following the Circa Million consensus for Week 7. And we're going to we're going to go out of order here. We're going to start with the number three consensus because it's right up your alley. It's the team that you cover on a daily basis. The Philadelphia Eagles are here in Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Eagles are getting three in the contest. You're seeing three and two and a half out there predominantly right now. The Eagles were the number three consensus, as you see on your screen right now at VEASAN.com, uh, with 1,255 entries. It's good for number three consensus. John Jansen, are you fading or following the Circa Million consensus with the Philadelphia Eagles plus three? 
Yeah, I think I'm actually going to follow that. I do like the Eagles in this game. Uh, I know the running game hasn't gotten going at all. They really haven't run. But I think those RPOs are going to have some success against the the Raiders. The Raiders have one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. You can run on them. And I think that's where Jalen Hurts sort of is going to shine. But even past that, I mean, you look at a lot of the Raiders' issues. It's just consistently on a week-to-week basis. We don't know what level of play we're going to get from the Raiders. It's been Fine so far. I don't know how they're four and two. They don't feel like a four and two team. But I, I just think this is one of those weeks where I could see a big time letdown from the Raiders. And this turns into a little bit of the Eagles controlling the ball. Uh, they, they get their running game going. Jalen Hurts, look, he's he's inconsistent up and down. He's at under 200 yards passing his last two games. I think he gets close to 300 yards in this one. And he has a much better game against this Raiders defense that is good up front. I don't like their secondary too much at all. So I actually do like the Eagles in this one. I'm going to I'm gonna follow that trend. So, John, I, this comes down to two things for me. First off, uh, uh, Wes Reynolds and I, as we've talked about on this show before, have an entry behind us in this contest. Weekend Warriors, if you want to follow along, uh, currently in at 60%, 18-12 through six weeks. We have this in our plays. We have Philadelphia plus three. So we, by default, follow the consensus I'm a little more hesitant than Wes was, and you are, John. The one concern that I have in Philadelphia's offensive line has gotten much healthier. Uh, we'll, we're going to see Lane Johnson this week, which is a really big sign in the right direction for that offensive line. The one concern is, and look, it's a little bit different when you have a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who does a really good job of eliminating sacks because of his mobility. Will the Raider defensive line, which has been really good at the pass rush especially, be able to overwhelm a getting healthier Eagle offensive line. That's the one concern that I have. If Hertz is able to avoid sacks, Philadelphia has some advantages against that secondary, even with a, a receiving core that I'm really not certain about. And the big question for the, the Raiders, and I know Matt Brown, our guy, had the rant of all rants about spots. This is one of those where the Raiders were, it was the Raiders against the world last week, at least in that locker room. With, with, uh, with everything, with the kid change of coach, and correctly so, they went on the road and smashed a divisional opponent who, quite frankly, the Denver Broncos might just be terrible at football this year, John. So for me, I'm a little more hesitant, but I do like, in the end, I'm good with following the consensus here on plus three, uh, John. So uh, you and I are in agreement, yeah, which, which, and- which is an ugly start for us, I would say. Yeah, not great, no, <laughs> when I have to agree with you. But no, I, I get the, the concerns about the, the Raiders defensive line, and it's not so much the sacks. Jalen Hurts has talked about this. He leaves the pocket early all the time, and it's something that Nick Sirianni has pointed out. It's something that Jalen Hurts has pointed out. He bails out a lot. He doesn't climb the pocket. He doesn't move around. He kind of just bails out, rolls to his right, and tries to make a play. So that's something they need to work on. But I think we have seen this offense do well in circumstances like this against defenses that I don't think are very good. And the offensive line is healthy. You know, I, I just think this offense is going to look much better than it has because the opponent is not as good as the opponents that they have faced recently. Uh, so I, I do like the Eagles to, to cover this one, but I think they can win outright. And a lot of it is because I think the offense does move the ball against the Raiders. John, is there anything to be made that the Eagles have been much better away from home this year? Is that just because their home opponents, San Francisco, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, probably going 0-3 against them regardless of where those games are. 
Yeah, and I don't know why this has been this even with Doug Peterson towards the last couple of years of his tenure with the Eagles, for some reason have not won at home very often. So I this is just kind of carrying over from the last regime. I don't get it. But yeah, the the road splits, the home road splits are a little bit different, and they're fine at home on the road, which is good though. Like I'm I'm at least good enough with this one feeling comfortable that you know they can go on the road and they can play a good game like they did against the Falcons. I don't think they necessarily played a good game against the Panthers, but that's sort of, I guess, the what we're going off of here. I didn't think the Panthers were a really good team going into that game, and they could find ways to lose it. I think that's the same thing here. It's the Eagles going to an environment where I think the Raiders do find a way to kind of lose this one, whether that be through special teams, whether it be through bad defense, or Derek Carr turning the ball over, whatever which way you want to say. But I, I do think it's a good spot for the Eagles, and I do think they perform well enough on the road that they can win this one. John Jansen of Fox Sports, The Gambler. He hosts the line change there in Philadelphia, Monday through Friday, 8 to 11 Eastern time. With us right now here on VEASAN Bet Center, I'm Jeff Parles. We're going through fade or follow the Circa Million consensus here today. And, John, we're going to go now to the number one consensus pick. And I'll be completely honest with you and all of our listeners. I was floored when I saw this was the number one consensus The number one consensus play in the contest is the Indianapolis Colts getting four on Sunday night in San Francisco. They did get some good news today. Quentin Nelson, their all-pro offensive guard, and quite frankly, the best offensive lineman in the entire NFL, is going to be active. He was activated from IR. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets the start for San Francisco. This game is still four at most shops, including DraftKings. John you're fading or following the consensus on Indianapolis plus four. I'm fading this one all the way. Did you, you just mentioned that Jimmy Garoppolo is starting, right? Mm-hmm. And do we know the record that Jimmy Garoppolo has as a starting quarterback? It's much different. And, and I know I'm one that's not a big fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. I was fine with the Trey Lance moving up and getting him. And I think eventually Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback for San Francisco probably next year and be really good. But it's not there yet. We can see that he is very raw of a passer. Jimmy Garoppolo is not. And you're telling me that the Colts need to go on the road against this defense defense and Jimmy Garoppolo with how well he can run Kyle Shanahan's offense. And you're going to say that the Colts are going to be just not only four and a half point underdogs, but now the consensus in this game, that to me doesn't make any sense. I actually think Carson Wentz has been playing very well, but again, it's relative to the competition. It's Miami. It's Houston. This isn't Miami and Houston. It's San Francisco in San Francisco. So I just, I don't get why this is consensus. I like what I've seen from the Colts, but this is just different competition. And this is, again, a road game in which it's going to be really difficult for them. I, I, I don't see any way in which the Colts should be a consensus here. Uh, it, it turns out San Francisco is one of my favorite bets for this week. Uh, so I like them a lot, laying the four and a half points. But yeah, let's be honest. Jimmy Garoppolo makes a huge difference starting under center for San Francisco. Well, John, we're going to be two for two together here because Wes and I have this in our oh, contest no. as well. So you and I are both fading the consensus here. Look, there are that a few hurts. things. Oh, oh, or we, or we could be on a, on a, on a week where we're looking smart for once. But John, there, there are a few <laughs> things here. India's covered three games in a row, and you have Miami, the first game where the Dolphins have proven themselves to be terrible. The Baltimore game, which was an unfathomable loss, but at least they got home in the end in the cover at six and a half. Everyone got hurt in the defense, and then they destroyed Houston. And even now, we'll say that was ten to three early in the third quarter. That game was tighter than it needed to be for a long time. And then 
the Davis Mills interception and the floodgates uh, just poured on Houston quickly. Uh, big advantages for San Francisco here. They don't have to run the wing T with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo back. That's ba- They basically ran the wing T with Trey Lance. He's not ready to play in the NFL yet. I agree with you. He's going to be really good sooner uh, next year when he has to start. But San Francisco's defense is still really good. Carson Wentz has played too many good games in a row, and I think that defense is going to be able to force a turnover to against Carson Wentz. You and I both fading the consensus. This The consensus number one play. Last week, the consensus number one play was the Cleveland Browns, and they were run out of the building by the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to hope for that yet again. I'm on air. I, I like San Francisco laying four on Sunday night. John Jansen's going to stick around. We're going to do more. Fade or follow. That's coming up next as we roll along on VSIN's Bet Center. This is Bet Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. Start drafting good in the neighborhood with Applebee's Fantasy Football Throwdown. Play free in a pro football contest and feast on the competition for your shot at a share of $5,000 in cash prizes. Excuse me. Head to DraftKings.com slash Applebee's. Now to get in on the action, Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Still with us, John Jansen of Fox Sports The Gambler in Philadelphia. He hosts the line change on that great station, 8 to 11, Monday through Friday. Uh, uh, John, let's uh, continue on. Fade or follow the circa million consensus for week seven. Uh, if you're just tuning in, the number one consensus play, the Indianapolis Colts laying, or excuse me, getting four. From the 49ers, John and I both faded that. The number three consensus play was the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, with John uh, being a radio host in Philadelphia, we started there. We both followed the consensus on the Eagles getting three. And now we're going to go to Baltimore, just down down, just down I-95 from where John is. The Ravens, six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals come in as the second consensus play. With 1,422 people in the contest taking the Bengals. You still see six and a half right now with Juice on Cincinnati at DraftKings. Minus 115, total 45 and a half. John, are you fading or following the consensus pick of the Cincinnati Bengals at getting six and a half points plus six and a half? Oh, I'm following this one. We're all eating good in the neighborhood, man. This is a good good one here. yeah, I like the six and a half with Cincinnati. And I, I think we've kind of, uh, at, at least with the the Ravens, gone a little bit too far. I know they're five and one and they look great. And Lamar Jackson, I've been singing his phrases forever. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, probably playing at this point like the best quarterback. But after that Chargers game, I feel like there's going to be a little bit too much skewed into the Ravens' favor here. And I know they're at home, too, which obviously helps. But I think this is a little bit of a closer matchup. I don't think the Ravens' defense is as good as what we saw in that Chargers game. That was more of the Chargers going from west to east coast. Still a a pretty young and inexperienced team, especially at the key positions like quarterback and also at head coach as well. I thought that was just a really tough spot for the Chargers. 
This could potentially be a tough spot for Cincinnati, but with it being a divisional matchup, I think this is going to be a really tough game for both teams and a close matchup. And six and a half points seems like a lot. And and Cincinnati, I've kind of been betting against and, of course, not doing very well doing that because they've actually played some really good football. I just think at this point, Joe Burrow and this offense have kind of showed they're good enough to be able to stay in a game like this. And I think they're going to be able to put up plenty of points against this Ravens defense. I, I like them getting the six and a half points here. So I'm going to follow that one. We're three for three. Cincinnati contest play for us uh, this week. Uh, so we're following. We're in the consensus. They're on number two and number three on Philadelphia. and. Cincinnati. Uh, John, I, I there are a few things here. Uh, this is one of those spots where I wouldn't mind fading both if the, they weren't playing each other. Cincinnati coming off a blowout beatdown of Detroit the week before. Let's face it, they should have beat Green Bay. That was a game they probably should have won. Baltimore coming off a beatdown of the Chargers, a wackadoo win and a non-cover against Indianapolis. Their other wins this year Kansas City game was a wild game. They were fortunate to win. They needed the historically long field goal against Detroit by Tucker to win that game. Week one again, and heck, week one against Vegas, that was a game they probably should have won, and they blew in overtime. And at the end of regulation, with giving up uh, 45 yards to Carlson, uh, 45 yards to the Raiders to set up the long Carlson field goal that sent the game to overtime. Uh, now, look, this is one of those spots for Cincinnati, John, where if the Bengals have fully turned the corner, they will be competitive this game and will have a real chance to win this game outright. By the way, Baltimore is a bye next week, so there's no quote-unquote look-ahead spot here at all. But, John, I like – I can't believe I'm about to say this sentence. I like what I've seen from Zach Taylor. He doesn't have that bewildered look on his face anymore. And he finally has adjusted to his team – knows his offensive talent, and has really coached some really good games so far. So what this has been a total mismatch over the last five years. No shock. Cincinnati's been terrible. Baltimore's been really good. Lamar Jackson seemingly has one highlight you remember from every one of these matchups since he started his MVP run two years ago. But I think this is a tight game, and it wouldn't shock me if Cincinnati stuns Baltimore outright. So I'll take six and a half with the Bengals, John. Yeah, I'm going to take six and a half and, and a couple of things there. Th this defense is not what, like you just said, they're much better than what they were in those past games against oh, yeah. Lamar Jackson. So I don't expect Lamar, you know, those 40-point games, I don't think this is one that's going to happen. But with the Zach Taylor thing, I don't even want to give a lot of credit to Zach Taylor because I think he's he, one of the bigger problems I have with this game. He might get outcoached by John Harbaugh, but it's the same thing we're seeing with Arizona. It's not necessarily the coach that's really doing well. It's the fact that there is an abundance of talent. And let's be honest. Cincinnati actually has talent to work with. Jamar Chase is the best receiver of this rookie draft class, and he's already turning into one of the best receivers in the NFL at this point. And that's already dealing with the fact that T. Higgins was a great rookie wide receiver last year, and he's doing tremendous this year. And Tyler Boyd has kind of been lost in the void because of those two guys in the outside, uh, uh, Higgins and Chase, just doing a phenomenal job. And Joe Mixon's a great running back. So there is actually talent on this Cincinnati team. Like, I don't want to look past this and just go, oh, it's Joe Burrow throwing to nobody. There's talent, and I think that's been shown a lot. And Joe Burrow is getting much more comfortable as well. So, yeah, I, I think Cincinnati can hold strong in this game because of all of that. And I, I don't think it's going to be that Lamar Jackson typical, you know, 40-point game he's had against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's much better than that now. Tyler Boyd lost in the void. I think that's the proudest I've ever been of you, John Jansen.
for that Thank line you. right there. I was very, proud of it too. That, that, that was very I, good. I hope it didn't show as I said it because I was really proud of it. <laughs> that was real good there. Uh, Bengals were both falling plus six and a half against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, John, I, I'm going to say this right now. This game that we're talking about next, Kansas City at Tennessee, I don't think you can make a total that's high enough in this game. You're seeing 57 and a half. I still think that game is a really good over, even at that astronomically high total, because both of these defenses stink, and both of these offenses are really darn good. And Derrick Henry is a special talent that there's no equal to him in the NFL at that position. The consensus play in this game was Tennessee, 1,104. That's good for number five consensus on Tennessee, plus four and a half, a consensus play against Kansas City. John, I'm going to say this first. I have no feel for the side on this game. I think this game is probably close, but I have no confidence on either side. So I'm going to go with fade just because I have no confidence. Would it shock me if Tennessee wins this game outright? No. Would it shock me if Tennessee loses by two touchdowns? Not at all. I like the total more than anything in this. If it drops to 57 or even 56 and a half, I'll very happily take it over at a better number. But I still think that's good at 57 and a half. Both of these defenses stink. And I don't think these offenses are going to punt much and have many empty possessions. And John, we have about two minutes here for your answer on fade or follow on KC and Tennessee Titans plus four and a half. Yeah, I'm I'm going to fade that one as well, just because it's been two really tough games for Tennessee to begin with. So uh, that already, the Bills last week and now this week, Kansas City. But one thing I, I am concerned about, I know Derrick Henry's fine, and he's had, what, three rushing touchdowns in two straight games, and, you know, he could be close to having over 1,000 yards in a couple of weeks, which is just crazy to think about halfway through the year that he could do that. But the one problem I have with Tennessee is their passing offense isn't really that good. And that's what we've been kind of hanging our hat on with Tennessee. We know the defense is bad. Offense needs to put up 30-something points per game. I'm not necessarily convinced that each and every week they're going to be able to do that because I don't think the passing offense is that good. Julio Jones is going to be out. I know Jay Brown is in, but they don't even have Corey Davis anymore. Like there is no number two now. It's just AJ Brown. It's just Derrick Henry. I actually think that offense is going to have slight problems. Kansas City looked a little bit better, albeit against Washington. But I do think Ryan Tannehill and this passing offense will have a little bit of problems against Kansas City. Travis Kelsey will is likely to play with the neck injury, Tyree Kill likely to play with the leg injury. There was some concern about those two throughout the week, but it looks like Kansas City will have the two big weapons for Patrick Mahomes and company. John, we have about a minute here. What else do you like on this card here in about 45 seconds? Yeah, what else do we like on this card? I mean, do you want me to pick a 15, 16 point spread? I, I don't really <laughs> like much on this card, to be honest with you. I'll go to the Monday night game at least. Five and a half is a lot for the Saints to cover. I don't care if it's Geno Smith. I don't care if the Seahawks aren't playing well. That's a lot to cover on the road. Uh, and I see right now that it's getting kind of bet down a little bit. But I, I think that's the right direction. The Seahawks are, are the bet here. That's way too many points for a team like New Orleans to cover on the road. They're the only team that has lost, by the way, to the New York Giants because of the turnover problems. They do have those issues, and this offense isn't that good. So I like Seattle. I think that's a, that's a big number for the Saints to cover. He's John Jansen. Get him on the tweets at jjansen34. He hosts the line change on Fox Sports The Gambler. That's 102.5 FM in Philadelphia. John, thanks as always for being with us. Of course, Jeff.
When we get back, we're going to continue fade or follow with the final selection in the consensus. That's next on VEASAN's Bet Center. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
The NBA season may have tipped off, but there's still time to grab your copy of the VSIN Pro Basketball Betting Guide. It is strategies, predictions, and best bets to stay ahead of the odds makers. Our hoops experts, including JVT Jonathan Von Tobel, provide strategy and advice, as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. This digital guide is a must-have, so you give yourself a betting edge this season. Get your copy today. It's $9.99. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is VEASAN's Bet Center. I'm Jeff Parles. Before we get back to the last game of fade or follow in the consensus, for the first time since 1999, the Atlanta Braves are going to the World Series. They upset the Los Angeles Dodgers in the NLCS. They win it 4-2. to two. They win the series 4-2 to two in, game, in Game 6. Brian Snitker's squad, in a year where they were favorites at the beginning of the year to win the NL East, they were a very popular bet to win the NL pennant and the World Series. Ronald Acuna Jr. tears his ACL a few days before the July 30th trade deadline. I remember Josh Towers and I were on the air on this very program, and Josh and I were like, oh boy, this season is over, and what a lost year it ends up being for Atlanta. Boy, were we wrong. The Braves end up coming back, winning the NL East. They got hot. The Mets and the Phillies collapsed. Atlanta ends up winning the National League East comfortably, and they knock out the Brewers in the NLDS, and now they upset the Dodgers in the NLCS and are going to the World Series for the first time since 1999, and they will take on the Houston Astros. Game one in Houston Tuesday night as the Astros are looking for their second title in five years. The Braves looking for their first title since 1995 when Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox, and John Smoltz were dominant in a six-game series win against the Cleveland Indians in that World Series. That was the last time the Braves won the Commissioner's Trophy. Uh, If there's a price, we'll get you it as soon as we see it for the Astros and the Braves. Got to imagine Houston's about $2. That would be my guess. Astros minus 200? I think that's a fair price. We'll see what that ends up being in a few moments. But the Braves are in the World Series as they upset the Dodgers four games to two and four to two in game six. Let's move back to the NFL, though. Fade or follow the Circa Million consensus week number seven. We already went through four of the top five. Number one consensus, Indianapolis. Getting four points at plus four, 1,447 was the amount that picked them, I'm fading. The number two consensus, Cincinnati, plus six and a half, 1,422 entries following that. Number three, Philadelphia, 1,255, plus three following that. Number four, we're going to get to in a second. That's the New England Patriots laying seven. And then number five, I am fading Tennessee getting four and a half. I really don't have any confidence on either side in that game. I like the over a whole bunch in that one between Tennessee and Kansas City. I don't think there's a total high enough you can make for those two offenses combined with those two defenses. But let's get to the final consensus. Number four, we already saw this matchup before the season. It is the first divisional rematch of the 2021 NFL season. The New York Jets at the New England Patriots, the Gillette Stadium, the site, the Jets, Seven-point underdogs against New England. First go-around in this series, in this series, 
for the season. New England 25, Jets 6. That was week two in the Meadowlands. In that game, we'll just go through some stats here. Neither rookie quarterback played well. Mac Jones was 22 of 30 for 186 yards and was sacked three times. Had a QBR of 26, which is not good. Only averaged six yards in attempt, which is not <laughs> not good either. Uh, really, just, or excuse me, six yards in completion, I should say. Average at best. He did not play well, but Zach Wilson was dreadful. And this game was over early because Zach Wilson was dreadful. Wilson was 19-33 for 210 and four interceptions, including his first two throws in this game in the first go-around between these two teams. Uh, not even like New England even ran the ball well. They had four yards of carry. The Jets actually outrushed New England in that game at five yards of carry and 152 yards to 101. New England, I mean, New England only had 100, uh, 260 yards of offense. The Jet defense played pretty well in that game. They were just on the field a ton. And when you're minus four in turnover differential, you're not going to win many games in the NFL, if any. Shout out Peyton Manning, really the only guy that can do that. But for me, I'm going to fade the consensus here. This is kind of similar to the Tennessee game to me, where I'm not really certain what we're going to get either side. I don't know what the Jets are going to look like off a bye. I don't know. This is a new coaching staff. Robert Sala in his first year. I don't know what the Jets are going to do off a bye. Could they, they may look terrible. We haven't had any confidence exuded with that offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur, excuse me, Mike LaFleur, the brother of Green Bay Packer head coach, Matt LaFleur. Total 42.5 seems high, kind of like the first game that was 41.5. I don't see how we're getting to 42.5 here. And I will say this, Matt Jones has been, has been solid he has been nowhere near as good as is what a lot of people will want to tell you. He's been fine. He's been average. He's been a good game manager. He has made a few plays. He has made a few terrible plays. The interception, the digs, the pick six, terrible play. Followed it up with a great one, even though I'm not certain he should have thrown that ball. Both of these quarterbacks, I don't think either of them are any good at this point. I kind of like the under more than I like either side here at 42 and a half. I'm going to stay off, but we're going to fade it just from the purpose of I don't like betting New England playing a touchdown in this game. And also, too, I don't know what New England's going to look like after what happened last week. That is a season, I don't want to say season ending, because there's still a lot of game left to be played. They get another game against Miami, even though Miami's only win is against them. But that is a brutal loss they took last week in a game that they very, they, quite frankly, even though they were dominating the box score, New England should have won that game last week against Dallas. Could be flat yet again. So we're going to fade the consensus because I have no confidence in betting New England minus seven, the best bet from this game for me, under 42.5. I do think New England probably wins the game, but not comfortable playing a touchdown. Let's go to the last game of the 1 o'clock Eastern slate. Not in the consensus. We're out of consensus. Now, the Green Bay Packers and the Washington football team from Lambeau Field. It looks like Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson are going to be okay. Uh, back up to nine, uh, consensus eight and a half. All right, now I'm seeing at DraftKings. Uh, actually, excuse me, I misspoke on Gibson. Um, that's part of the reason we've seen a little bit of a movement here. Um, still, still in doubt on Gibson, even though according to Adam Schefter, it looks like he's going to be ready to go. 
Same with McLaren. So we're starting to see some Green Bay bets again because we saw a lot of aid in the market earlier in the day. Back to nine now on the Packers against Washington. Now, Washington has struggled to cover. They've looked really bad against good teams this year. The only game against a good team that Washington looked all right was the Chargers, but I think that was before you could really say the Chargers were the Chargers. That was week one. And Washington didn't cover against New Orleans, didn't cover against Kansas City, both of those at home. They have been uh, mixed bag on the road so far, two road games. Got stomped in Buffalo, totally stomped in Buffalo in a 43-21 loss. Beat Atlanta 34-30. Green Bay, I, I, Green Bay is going to run away and hide with the NFC North. No argument there. But Green Bay really hasn't been overly impressive in any of these games in the five-game winning streak. They were losing at halftime to Detroit. They needed a big second half in order to win that game. Win, win by 18. Cover that. They cover at San Francisco getting three and a half. They almost blew that game altogether. They would have covered still, but they would have been a blown game altogether. Covered against Pittsburgh laying six and a half. If the refs didn't mess up that... Offside call on the block field goal return for a touchdown for Pittsburgh. Totally different game. They end up covering the closing number against Cincinnati. We already talked about that. Fortunate to win that game with all those missed field goals. And then they covered last year, last week against Chicago, winning by 10. It's hard to cover six straight games in the NFL, guys. It's hard. So look, I don't love Washington. But I think Washington is worth a look, especially with this getting bet back up to nine and if you somehow see a 10, I don't think you'll get all the way back there because sharp action will be all over. They betted hard at 10 early in the week. But a 9, I don't mind Washington in this one against Green Bay uh, tomorrow. That's a 1 o'clock Eastern start there in Lambeau. The Packers, by the way. The Packers, if you got in on Aaron Rodgers is going to retire numbers, boy, do you have a bunch of winning bets in your pocket, uh, in your accounts, I should say. Not yet in your pocket. But you're in great shape on some bloated numbers in division and on lower win totals. When we get back, we're moving to the 4 o'clock Eastern slate in the NFL on VEASAN's Bet Center. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.